And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson. And uh, John, it's been a couple of weeks. I know that you visited some family and uh, we're ready to rock now though. We got podcasts coming out pretty much weekly heading into the, the regular season and, and going throughout the, the preseason. So should be a lot of fun. The, this time of year is, is always good for us. Yeah, we're back. I'm excited. Uh, things are definitely ramping up. I'm quite busy now with, with work. So things. <laughs> it feels like there's a like an impending season coming on or something. I, I don't know. Is Might training be. camp happening or you know is football about to happen? What do you think? Uh, believe it or not, preseason starts Thursday. So we're recording this podcast on on Wednesday, a little over 24 hours before the Falcons and Broncos play in the Hall of Fame game. So it's 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 unbelievable that the football season uh, is is almost here. We got a lot to cover on the podcast today. We're going to be going over an excellent piece that you did for 444.com, breaking down 69 stats you should know before your fantasy draft. We've got Ezekiel Elliott holding out. We've got Melvin Gordon holding out. We've got uh, breaking news with uh, a contract being doled out. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. Before we dive in, though, tell us about the music. Yeah, I actually checked the uh, the podcast playlist just to see if I had the song on here. I've been listening to it a lot lately. I actually uh, featured uh, Ra Ra Riot, a uh, different song, Bad to Worse, uh, a few weeks ago, I think. I think it was this year, but maybe a month or two ago. Uh, but this song, Water, came out a couple years ago. It's just fantastic. I saw them uh, on my trip back to uh, Wisconsin. I went to saw them at Summerfest um, with, with my wife. It was a great show, except for the people in front of us who were really upset with kids coming up and like infringing on their space. That was kind of a distraction. But during, during this song, I wasn't distracted at all. It was, it's excellence uh, called Water. You can find it on the Most Decker Podcast playlist. If you uh, search on Spotify, if you can't find it on Spotify, you can go to any of the... Uh, podcast posts on the 444.com website, uh, and there should be a link to it uh, in one of those posts. So check it out. Beautiful. All right, John, uh, we're, we're happy to be sponsored by uh, a couple of different sponsors, and, and this is uh, excellent as we continue to grow. 444.com is the most accurate podcast. So this podcast is brought to you by Fantasy Draft. Rake-free daily fantasy is here, available only at Fantasy Draft, where 100% of the entry fees are paid to contest winners. For a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries. Go to FantasyDraft.com, use promo code 444, that's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, 444, to claim your free uh, free seven-day trial today. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Draft. Join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever. Enter the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. It's season long, but with no management. Just set it, forget it. Get a free entry into best ball draft. When you make your first deposit, just search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and come play free with promo code 444. Same thing. Number four, F-O-R, number four. John, I mentioned that your uh, latest piece or you know, one of the one of the big features that you did recently has dropped. I read every word of it, loved every bit of it, and I highly recommend that readers check it out. I mean, read all the way through it. Uh, it won't take you so long. It won't take you long because John, he, he did everything in kind of a concise manner, but it's 69 stat, stats that you should know before your fantasy draft. There's a ton of great nuggets in there. 
Uh, Want to share a couple of those stats here so listeners know what they can find when they click on the article. You don't have to obviously go through all 69, but the the one the, the, a couple of stats, John, that really stood out to you as you were doing this this feature. Yeah, this actually started as 25 stats you should know before your fantasy draft, and I got to writing, and I had um, quite a few player blurbs that I have already had already written for different players, and I just started putting them in a document, and I ended up getting to close to 70, so I went with 69 because I thought it would be pretty funny, especially with uh, so, you know my sophomore humor with, uh, with Rob Gronkowski uh, retiring this year. Um, did it in honor of him. Uh, but the a couple that I pulled out just for this podcast, uh, one is with Garrett, Jared Goff, and I've been taking him a little bit earlier than other people have been in their drafts. I, I, I think that with Cooper Cup back, uh, he's going to uh, have a nice season. He was really playing lights out with Cup last year. Uh, he's the 12th passer off the board right now. Um, but in the eight games that he played with a healthy Cup, he averaged 330 passing yards, 2.1 touchdowns. Uh, posting uh, 21.1 fantasy points per game, which is top five numbers. So uh, I think he's got the top five up potential there with with uh, Cup back in the fold. The other stat I pulled out for the pod, uh, DJ Moore. He's the 13th rookie receiver uh, who posted at least 700 receiving yards at age 21. Uh, the other 12 saw an average per game increase of 30% in targets, 33% increase in receptions, 28, 28% increase in yards and a 19% increase in touchdowns in their second seasons. Uh, when these increases are applied to Moore's rookie numbers, he's looking at a 73 catch, 1,004 uh, yard, 2.4 touchdown season. As a sophomore, he obviously didn't catch many touchdowns last year. But that was the pace that he played at in the final 10 games from a fantasy standpoint. So I think he's got even more upside from there. So DJ Moore looking like a, a, a good pick as well. All right. I again, I strongly recommend going through the article uh, because John gave you two nuggets there. But the, I, I'm telling you, the whole the whole piece you're going to want to read. There, there's some interesting stuff. I, I found it most interesting, John, when you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings situation with Stefanski taking over as the full-time offensive coordinator and what that means to guys like Adam Thielen um, and Stefan Diggs and just the, the way that the Vikings want to go run heavy, which is one of the reasons why uh, Mike Zimmer follow, uh, fired fired his previous offensive coordinator. Uh, it was because he wanted to go through a, a heavy, a, get get into a heavy dose of, of the running running game. So there's just nuggets like that that are in-depth and will certainly give you an edge for your fantasy draft. So you want to make sure that you check out John's latest article, 69 stats that you want to know before your fantasy draft. Before we talk about some holdout news, I want to make sure everyone knows about the contest that's currently going on for 4 for 4 subscribers because it is a doozy. If you signed up before August 4th, you'll be entered to win one entry into the 2019 FFPC Live in-person main event, including a one-night stay at Planet Hollywood and up to $300 towards a flight to get there. The main event entry is itself is worth $1,975, so the total value of the package is $2,500. You'll also be entered to win one night, uh, uh, win one of eight autographed jerseys, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, Nick Chubb, and T.Y. Hilton. If you strike out there, you could also win one of 25 4 for 4 t-shirts, which are super comfy. Let me tell you, John knows too. I've got a bunch of these things. I wear them all the time. 
This contest is open to current and new subscribers, so just go to 444.com backslash main event for all the details. New and current subscribers will have to compete one auction-like click, the link that says buy a paid subscription, and you'll be entered. But if you do other things like refer a friend or sign up for a newsletter, tweet, whatever it may be, you can increase your number of entries. Again, deadline August 4th, so make sure you get on it. 444.com backslash main event is the link. Actually, right. Anthony. Yeah. It's actually 444.co backslash main event is the link that you want to hit. 444.co. It's a shortened link that we use. So 444.co backslash main event is the link you want to hit to get all the details. I'll see if I can get uh, Luis to set up 444.com backslash main event for those people that didn't like to skip over my what I, what I, when I talk on the pod so they didn't hear this. <laughs> Great information. Four 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 dot co backslash main event for all the details. Okay, details. so yeah, it's so it's not four 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 dot com backslash main event. Four 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 dot co backslash main event. Uh, when I was reading that, I I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, oh well, John, you know, John or whoever just left out the M in dot com, but no, it's four 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 dot co backslash main event. Uh, so appreciate it, John, for having my back on that one. <laughs> no all right. Let's let's talk about some news. So is the Ezekiel Elliott holdout. Let's let's dive into this because this this one's complicated. He's under contract for the next two seasons or or two more seasons. That's at three point nine million this year and nine point one million under his fifth year option. Elliott's two options per Yahoo's uh, Charles Robinson are this: sits out camp, digs in for a prolonged holdout, much like Le'Veon Bell did, or he can report by August six which would preserve his accrued fourth season, accrued fourth season, and keep him on track for unrestricted free agency following his fifth season. The accrued fourth season of service would preserve his option to once again hold out next year without impacting his re- unrestricted free agent status following the fifth year of his deal. So that's unlike Le'Veon Bell. He he held out and he still was able to um, ha- have his 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 unrestricted free agency uh, you know, it, 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 it wasn't affected. But with Ezekiel Elliott, because he's still got two years left, he's going to have to report by August 6th, or there, there's going to be some problems when it comes to his unrestricted free agency status. Recently, the Cowboys signed Alfred Morris, and Jerry Jones said, quote, you don't have to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Kind of some interesting comments there by Jerry Jones. Meanwhile, Elliott took a trip to Mexico Jacina Anderson reported on Tuesday that she, quote, just received another positive update on Zeke extension status. Still needs time, but if things continue on the same track, Jacina Anderson expects that Elliott will be the highest paid running back in the NFL across certain metrics. The complicated aspect of the non-contract situation, John, is that I was digging into some uh, statistics yesterday, and I thought I saw that Warren Sharp of Smart, Smart Football had had a nugget where Ezekiel Elliott was the only running back last year to have 15 plus carries in in 10 games. He was the only one. Every every other running back uh, didn't receive 15 or more carries in in at least 10 games. Elliott was the only one. So while the running game or the running back has been devalued over the last couple of years in the NFL, more emphasis is on the passing game because that's what the advanced metrics indicate you know to have success to win Elliott is so important and so vital to that Dallas offense that you know I would imagine that the Cowboys would find a resolution 
the question for you is how should drafters, fantasy drafters, handle the Elliott situation? Uh, well, I have been maybe shying away from him in that top four. Uh, I think I'd still take him uh, at four if he's available there. Uh, but, you know, maybe you take Barkley, uh, Christian McCaffrey, or Kamara over him in a typical best ball draft or uh, early draft. You could, st- I think you could still safely draft him. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's going to play this year, and I mean, we'll know a lot more on August 6th. Uh, if he ends up not reporting, then I think you can throw up all the cards into the air, and we don't know what's going to happen at that point. Uh, but he needs to get the season a credit, and I think he does. I don't know what the strategy would be if not. I mean, I guess you could hold out, not get that uh, season credit and go for the extension this year, um, but you lose that leverage next year if you uh, don't have that option on the table. So um, so I think we'll know a lot more August 6th. Um, This is definitely a a good argument to hold your fantasy draft uh, for your league as late as possible because this kind of stuff tends to work itself out, you know, by the last week of August or the second to last week of August. Um, and then you're also past a lot of the injuries that are going to happen in the next few weeks. Uh, but I think, I think he's probably going to resign uh, or the, the, the Cowboys will resign him and give him a new contract. It took him fourth overall. Uh, now they're trying to pretend that they don't need a, a stud running back when they, you know, used a, such a high draft pick on him just a few years ago. So, I think that's a little bit of posturing along with the uh, Alfred Morris signing. So uh, I just think they're trying to drive down his price a little bit um, and maybe get a little bit extra cap room uh, for, for down the line to sign uh, Dak Prescott and uh, Amari Cooper, who are also up, uh, who are actually up this year or at the end of this year. So, uh, so yeah, I think he'll sign. I, but I am anxiously waiting until August 6th to see whether or not he reports by then. All right. Listen up, fantasy football fans. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, because you listen to this podcast, of course, then you need to enter the $3.5 million Best Ball Championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It's freaking huge. Here's how best ball works. It's a season-long, uh, but with no management. So it's a season-long lead, but no management. Just set it, forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically started, and you'll get the best score every week, guaranteed. No salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft, just like the one you play with your friends. It's a season-long league. There's no better place to play, and you can draft the team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. Just do a draft, and you could be a millionaire 16 weeks later. It doesn't get any easier than that. Join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in the app or Play Store and join a game in minutes. Or play right now from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. Right now, all new players get a free play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. Okay, so you, you can play for free entry draft to get a free entry into a best best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, which is four for four. Number four, F-O-R, number four. Play a real money game for free just by using that promo code. Again, four for four on your first deposit on draft. Just search draft in the app store to go to draft.com and come play 
for free with promo code 4 for 4 All right, now into this Melvin Gordon holdout situation. So, John, this one is actually different than the Ezekiel Elliott holdout. That's because Melvin Gordon is due $5.6 million in the final, deal, final year of his rookie deal. So he would be in danger of having his contract told for another year if he holds out too long. Right now, the precedent that everyone seems to be looking at is Joey Galloway, who held out for the first nine weeks of the 1999 season. According to CBS's Joel Corey, Seattle lost a grievance attempting to get Galloway's contract extended for an additional year, though an arbitrator didn't have uh, didn't give a clear standard for how many missed weeks are necessary to trigger tolling. So the Chargers and Gordon are, quote, far apart in contract talks, and, quote, there is mounting pessimism that anything will get done soon. That's according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Charles Robinson adds that the two sides are two to three million apart uh, per year on a new contract agreement. So right now, Gordon will, will be unlikely to face any major penalties as long as he reports by midseason. Same question with Ezekiel Elliott to you, John. How should drafters handle the Melvin Gordon situation? So you can you can feel it, the negativity around this situation versus the positive reporting from Josina Anderson and others around the Ezekiel Elliott situation. Everything around this one is negative. They're far apart. They're two to three million apart per year. Uh, and also, Gordon doesn't have to report by August 6th, doesn't have that sort of deadline looming that Elliott has. He can sit out whatever, eight, nine weeks and still get his uh, year of service and become a free agent at the end of the season. So my feeling is he's going to do as little as possible if he doesn't get a new contract that he wants to, to become a free agent, and that means he's going to hold out into the season. Now, the Chargers may decide that they want to give him a contract, um, but it doesn't sound like they are very close. And the other issue here is that Melvin Gordon, to me, and I think to everyone, not everyone in the league, but a lot of people in the league, is not as good as Ezekiel Elliott. He's not as big a part of the offense. I mean, he's a big part of it, but you know, he surpassed four yards per carry for the first time last season. He had 5.1 yards per carry last season. Otherwise, he's been a sub-four yards per carry uh, player, I think his first three seasons. Um, so his career number is now 4.0. That's not elite status. Now, he's very versatile. He's been a big you know, workhorse for them. He can catch the ball. He's a big part of their offense, but the Chargers have a couple other options at the running back position. Austin Eckler is good. Uh, posted very good numbers uh, in terms of a per-yard, uh, per-carry basis, and also uh, his metrics at uh, Pro Football Focus and other places like Football Outsiders are very good in terms of the forced mixed tackles, elusive rating, all that kind of stuff. They also have Justin Jackson, who they really like. Uh, he played well uh, in spots last year. And I think between these two, there's some debate about whether or not who you know who's the starter is Eckler the starter, but he he opened camp with the with the starters. He was the one uh, who had the high touch counts when when Gordon missed uh, four games last year. Eckler had touch counts of 17, 18, and 17. He missed the fourth game that Gordon missed, um, and then Eckler averaged four, uh, 5.2 yards per carry last season, has a career 5.3 yards per carry mark. Now we've seen backup running backs their efficiency drops when they become the starter. And that's, I'm expecting that to happen with Eckler as well. But I do feel like he is the likely lead back there, even though I think we will see a committee 
uh, with Justin Jackson getting <clears throat> anywhere from 7 to 10 carries, kind of filling the Eckler role. Um, look back to Eckler in five games where he saw at least 10 carries over the last two years. He averaged 16.2 touches for 84 yards, 0.6 touchdowns. Those are low-end RB1 numbers. Uh, with Gordon healthy last year, Eckler averaged 8.5 touches for 68 yards and 0.45 touchdowns. Uh, those are low-end RB2 numbers. So from my projection standpoint, I'm projecting half a season uh, with quite a few touches, uh, that, you know, sort of that 16.2 touch rate, and then half a season as Gordon's backup, 8.5 touches uh, for that rate. So he's getting, you know, 190, 200 uh, touches in terms of our projections. Uh, and that makes him like a low-end RB2 uh, right now because I've, I've got some uh, regression at the touchdown with his touchdown. So Justin Jackson maybe eats into his workload a little bit as well. So I would be drafting Eckler 6th, 7th round. Um, Justin Jackson uh, is a very capable runner. Uh, he could run away, the, run away with the job if Eckler falls on his face or struggles in that RB1 role. Uh, Jackson had three good games last year, seven uh, touches for 57 yards against Arizona, nine uh, touches for 64 yards and a touchdown against Pittsburgh, and 19 touches for 85 yards and a touchdown in that start that he got with Eckler and Gordon out against uh, Kansas City. Uh, so he's he's certainly capable. Uh, looking at their recent ADP, Eckler is at 74. Jackson's at 137 at draft uh, since uh, July 26th. He's uh, Eckler's at 81. Jackson's at 157 at Best Ball 10's uh, ADP since the same date, 726. So I think late sixth, early seventh is about right for Eckler. Uh, you just need to understand that he's probably going to fade down the stretch uh, if Gordon comes back. He's not going to be getting as much as work, you know, after midseason. Uh, but as your third or fourth running back, that's okay. I think you could start him for the first eight or nine weeks. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at with this. And I think Jackson is a, a pretty good late-round pick. He's, you know, he's going to 12th, 13th round now. I think that's a that's a good pick because he's going to uh, get pretty good pretty good work uh, while Gordon is, is sitting out, assuming Gordon sits out. All right, so we were, go- we were going to talk about the Michael Thomas holdout as well, but the news broke this morning that he signed a five-year extension worth $100 million with the Saints, so I assume no reason to downgrade Thomas in any fantasy drafts, right, John? It's funny how the wide receiver contract gets done. Yeah. No, well, hey, I mean, if you've got all these metrics that say if you put the ball in the air, you're going to be better off than you know having a bell cow back, but... Yep. It's just it's the nature of the position for running back compared to wide receiver, and it's the it's the nature of where the NFL currently is, uh, which is a passing league. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, I think you can draft Thomas uh, with confidence. I. Uh, you know, one other note too. You know, you're t- you're talking about the pessimism surrounding the Chargers situation with Melvin Gordon compared to uh, the Dallas situation with Ezekiel Elliott. And one thing I I didn't want to um, you know butt in, cut you off at all. Uh, but I wanted to add to is the Chargers are it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter who their general manager is. They are notorious for having difficult conversations when with contracts and and playing kind of this hardball. I mean they they did it. 
uh, recently with Bosa, and they they've done it recently, with, or not 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 so recently. But remember the Vincent Jackson situation where mm-hmm. you know he he was holding out. So the the Chargers like to play hardball with their with their players. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but as we continue here, don't forget the the rake free revolution. It's here and it's available only on Fantasy Draft. Rake commission management fee. Call it what you want. But the days of paying 10, 12, or even 15% of your entry fees to the house, they're over. Now you can play rake-free only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of the entry fees are paid to contest winners. That's right, every single dollar paid in entry fees paid out to contest winners on Fantasy Draft. To access Fantasy Draft's exclusive rake-free contest, all you need to do is become a member. So Fantasy Draft offers membership plans suitable to all levels of play, including the free player's first plan that allows for $100 in rake-fee entries per month. And for a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-fee free entries with their starter plan. It's time to start playing your favorite contest, Rake Free, on Fantasy Draft. Your bankroll is going to love it. Register at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code 444 to receive a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com. Don't forget that promo code 444, the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to claim your free 7-day trial. Okay, let's let's take a look at some of the ADP risers and fallers so drafters have an idea whose stock is on the rise and whose stock is falling. We're comparing data from July 1st to July 19th. I draft to July 27th, 27th to the 30th, ADP at draft. Let me list off several risers first. You got Justin Jackson, plus 53 picks. He's up to pick 137. Tyreek Hill following the non-suspension for him by the NFL plus 27. Kalen Balaj, plus 25 on the news that he's been the RB1 in Miami camp right now. Austin Eckler is plus 21. That, of course, comes on the Melvin Gordon holdout news. Emmanuel Sanders is plus 21 as he's he's reportedly recovering well from his Achilles injury. Mark Andrews in Baltimore is plus 14. Positive camp reports, and, and John had a good nugget on Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson in his 69 stats uh, to know before your fantasy draft uh, article. Tony Pollard is plus 11. That could be because of the Zeke news. Marquez Valdez-Scandling is plus 10. Apparently Aaron Rodgers had some positive comments about Valdez-Scandling. Anthony Miller plus 10. Dante Moncrief plus 7. That's the news that he's going to be the, the wide receiver 2 in Pittsburgh. And then Peyton Barber plus 6. Still running ahead of Ronald Jones. Tyler Boyd plus 6. And that comes on the back of the um, AJ Green news, where he, he's going to he's going to miss the next six weeks or so. Certainly likely to miss week one. We've talked about the Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott situations. What about this situation in Miami? I know you like Kenyon Drake. Are you worried at all that he's not running with the ones in in camp? First of all, I just want to give you a round of applause for getting through all that. that was- <laughs> That was really impressive. <laughs> um, I know you're not a huge numbers guy, right? I would say it's right. fair, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I enjoy them. I enjoy them sometimes. Sometimes they, they, they can be a little tough um, yep. to, for me to comprehend. Uh, I'm more <laughs> like of a story guy as opposed to numbers. But, you know, be, hanging around with you, with you over the last, uh, I don't know, 15 years or so, I, I'm starting to become more of a numbers guy, John. All right, well, at least you can handle it. You, there you, you go. definitely handled it there. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, I, th- I think this is an interesting 
thing to look at, uh, sort of like a weekly basis, is looking at the risers and fallers because one thing that happens to me is that I'm drafting guys in whatever, let's say I draft somebody in the 14th round all of July, and then all of a sudden the stock is rising, and I don't feel like I end up missing out on the player because I'm used to getting him in the 14th round, but right. now he's going in the 11th round or 10th round, and you have to adjust. And I think owners need to know who's rising and who's falling, so they, if, they, if they do want these players, they need to know where they can um, get them. And with the data revolution and all this ADP available to us, we really do know uh, on average, where a lot of these guys are going now, even over the last two or three days, with, with the way these these sites make their ADP available, and I think it's fantastic information for uh, for owners to have. So, with regard to the Miami situation, I, I definitely it was definitely a gut punch uh, to see that Balage was uh, running ahead of Drake. Uh, I had a bad feeling about it because uh, Flores, the head coach, has been you know talking up Balage quite a bit in the off season. You know, everybody that has done film study that I know of, uh, Drake versus Balage says, you know, Balage is just not even in the same ballpark in, in terms of running ability as Drake. Uh, so what this is probably going to do is is hurt Drake's stock. It's going to increase Balage's stock. But this team um, is not going to be very good this year, and they're, they're likely to be in um, catch-up mode quite a bit, and that's going to help, I think, Drake see extra snaps uh, in that James White role. Uh, now, he's not going to score as many touchdowns as James White because the Miami Dolphins are not going to score as many touchdowns as the New England Patriots. Um, but I still do like Drake. I think you can get him now a little bit later, uh, maybe as a third or fourth running back, maybe not counting on him as your starter. And you sort of let this uh, shake out a little bit. Um, maybe you start him more in the, in the games that they're expected to, to lose badly, you know, depending on the line, whatever, uh, early in the season until he's able to win the job uh, potentially. But this is... Uh, you know, it was Adam Gase before that was holding Kenny and Drake back, and now the new regime uh, has Balazs over Drake, and I, I just don't see it. Uh, you, know, you watch Drake, he's explosive, he's elusive, he's everything you want in a, a dual-threat running back, um, but they're, they're, they're looking at Balazs right now as the RB1. Now, on the, on the flip side, you have to keep an eye on Balazs' ADP. He's, he's valued at a certain point, but I, I wouldn't go too high on him because I'm just not a big believer that he's going to end up having more... Uh, touches necessarily than, than Drake. So um, maybe fools go a little bit there. Uh, then again, you know, crazier things have happened and, you know, 12th, 13th, 14th round picks and fancy drafts have gone on to win the starting job and, and have great seasons. So, you know, maybe invest a few shares in these best balls in, in Bellage if he's still around there in the 11th, 12th, 12th round. What do you make of the Dante Moncrief-James Washington battle right now in Pittsburgh? That seems to be an interesting one because it's the wide receiver two battle opposite uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, this is uh, another one. I, I did write an article about James Washington uh, asking, you know, is this his breakout season? And um, they, they went, before the draft, they went and signed Moncrief, and I thought they did that as a, sort of a safety play in case they didn't get anybody they wanted in the draft, and then they would be able to move forward with Juju, uh, James Washington, and Dante Moncrief in, a, in three wide receiver sets. I think what we're going to see is Moncrief getting a bit more in terms of snaps than, than Washington, especially early in the season. We'll see if he's able to produce. He's had some good seasons, but he's always been, I use the term fool's gold again. Like you think he's going to put together a really good fantasy season and um, he doesn't. Uh, he's a good route runner. He does well in uh, Matt Harmon's uh, reception perception uh, charting that he does. So Moncrief does have talent, um, but he's, you know, joining the team, 
here. Uh, it's his third team: Colts, uh, Jaguars, and then and then now the um, uh, Steelers. the Steelers. So uh, we'll see. Uh, he's the beat reporters have saying he's a rock solid wide receiver too for them. Uh, so maybe you see Washington playing. 60-70% of the snaps instead of the 80 or 90 that I thought. So the, the, the ADPs have been flipping on these two for that reason. And then when you look at the Emmanuel Sanders situation, he's looking like a good value in the 12th round right now, but he is coming off the Achilles injury. And, John, I feel like the Achilles injury has supplanted the ACL tear as the, the, the most dangerous injury uh, and, and hardest to come back from. But how do you feel about his draft value right now? Yeah, Demarius Thomas came back from this uh, torn Achilles and, and had some good seasons. So I, I don't, I would not put it past Emmanuel Sanders. He's already participating in eleven v eleven drills, which yeah was as of yesterday, which is that's huge in terms of his recovery. And I think when healthy, he is by far the best uh, receiver there in Denver. So you know, getting him in the twelfth round uh, is fantastic, and and all the. Um, if he, if he ends up playing a full season or 14, 15 games is the number one receiver there. Uh, will he be as explosive as he was prior to the injury? That's sort of the question mark, but we got to keep an eye on him in camp. And if he's looking good, uh, I would say, I mean, the fact that he's participating 11 v 11, I think that means he's well ahead of schedule and, and is going to be fine week one. And he should be ramping up his, uh, uh, his work, work rate in that camp and, and, uh, you know, play quite a few snaps there. Uh, with Joe Flacco in Denver. I know you had a couple of these Packers nuggets in in terms of the wide receiver wide receiver two battle in your article. But for those that haven't checked out the article yet, what's your feeling on your Packers and and who's going to be the wide receiver two there? I think heading into the season, I was I was thinking Geronimo Allison had the was definitely in the driver's seat. He was the number two option there last year prior to his injury. He posted really good numbers in that first month, and then when he went out. Uh, Valdez Scantling had a good stretch, four or five, six games uh, with really good numbers, and he sort of faded down the stretch. But there was quite a bit of scuttlebutt about what was going on behind the scenes with Mike McCarthy versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Valdez Scantling was apparently running the routes that McCarthy was calling, and Rodgers didn't want him to, so he may have frozen Valdez Scantling out. So all that drama may have played into what happened with with Valdez Scantling's numbers down the stretch. Um, Rogers was really complimentary of Valdez Scantling in uh, spring training, but apparently uh, the camp so far, and it's really we're only two or three days into it, the Rogers Valdez Scantling connection has not really gotten going. It's been like Trevor Davis and Jake Kumaro, um, you know, looking very good amongst that uh, receiving core. So, uh, I Valdez Scantling is the one that's got the four three or four four speed. He's a big dude. Um, I think he's more the prototypical stud receiver compared to, uh, in terms of physically speaking, as opposed to Geronimo Allison. But what we'll, what we'll probably see is Devontae Adams, uh, MVS, and Geronimo in three wide a lot of three wide receiver sets. And I think Allison probably going to be in the slot. Um, right now, I would take MVS over over Allison. Um, but it's fairly close, I would say, within a couple rounds of each other. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back one battle is interesting because you know they drafted Ronald Jones a year ago. He he didn't do anything. He was kind of a you know frustrating bust in his first year. I mean they they didn't they didn't draft anybody really. I mean they 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 didn't address the running back situation at all. So what what's your feel there? 
Well, it, it you know, heading in, he, uh, Ronald Jones apparently impressed everybody at spring in spring practices. Uh, the GM mentioned it. I think Bruce Arians mentioned it at that point. And then as we got deeper into the summer, Arians was talking about how good Barber was at just getting what was available to him in terms of the running game. He's not a burner, but he'll he'll get the yards that are in front of him. And I did see, I forget who it was, but somebody was charting um, Barber, and he did a very good job of not losing yardage on his on his runs uh, compared to some of the other players. Uh, he, he doesn't break anything, really, break long runs, but he gets what's there. Uh, and Arian said that's the type of player they can build an offense around, which I thought was interesting. But then yesterday, Arian said that uh, Ronald Jones uh, and Barber, it was going to be a good battle. So it doesn't seem like it's won yet by Barber. Uh, his his ADP had risen a little bit uh, on the news that he was going to be the starter. But um, I, I think we, we're back to where maybe it is a little bit of a battle. I don't know how versatile Ronald Jones is in terms of the passing game, so that's something else to keep an eye on. Uh, but if he's breaking runs in camp, then you know he might uh, win this job sooner rather than later. All right, here are the biggest fallers. We just got done talking about the ADP risers. Here's your fallers. So Mecole Hardman, minus 39. That that comes on the back of the Tyreek Hill, Hill news. You got Chris Herndon, minus 28, four-game suspension for him. Sammy Watkins, minus 20. That also is on the backs of the Tyreek news, uh, the Tyreek Hill news. You got Jarek McKinnon, minus 18, early setback with the knee there. Marquise Brown, minus 18. He's sitting out. Jamal Williams is a minus 14. Melvin Gordon, minus 14. As we just noted he's holding out. Ronald Jones, minus 12. We just got done talking about him. Ido Smith, minus 11. Carlos Hyde, minus 11. Deshaun Hamilton, minus 9. That's that's because Emmanuel Sanders is progressing well with the Achilles. Uh, Kenyon Drake, minus 9, and that's the Balage news. Golden Tate is a minus 9. He's got a four-game suspension. He is appealing that, but he's got the suspension right now. Albert Wilson, minus 8. Darrell Henderson, minus 8. Positive, potentially some positive Todd Gurley news impacting the third-round rookie for the Rams. Kareem Hunt is a minus eight, and then A.J. Green is a minus six. Do the injury news. Anything you want to add there? Uh, yeah, I would um, mention that Jerick McKinnon, apparently the, the setback with the knee is not a bad one, and he should be practicing soon. Uh, Marquise Brown is practicing today, so that should start to boost his stock. Uh, stock. I know Miles Boykin uh, was looking very good in camp. So I think his stock is up a little bit as well. Cause there's just not going to be that met that much passing yardage available to these receivers uh, in Baltimore, just because there's going to be so run heavy there. Uh, so it's, you know, there might be one fantasy viable receiver there, uh, not two or three. And plus you've got uh, Andrews uh, at tight end eating up a lot of the yardage as well. Um, so other than that, I, I did want to mention something about Watkins uh, Sammy Watkins, because he's now going in the seventh round again, uh, which is where he was sort of going prior to the Tyreek Hill uh, possible suspension. Uh, so he's becoming a value again, I think. Watkins had a couple of really low snap games, 7%, 15%, uh, that weighed down his uh, per-game average. In the other eight games, in this really potent offense, he averaged 4.9 catches for 64 yards, 0.38 touchdowns on 6.6 .6 targets per game. That's a 78-catch, 1,030-yard, six-touchdown pace on 106 targets. Plus, he, they hand him the ball sometimes. He had 104, 104 yards rushing you know, on pace for that. 
those are high-end fantasy wide receiver two numbers. So if you can get him as your third receiver or if you are going running back tight end heavy at the start and you're getting him as maybe your second receiver, I think that's a pretty good value. Now, he's obviously an injury risk, so you have to um, maybe back him up with Miko Hardman, who's now a lot cheaper. Uh, maybe Hardman would step in if uh, Watkins were to go down and, and pick up a lot of that production. But uh, I think Watkins... Really good receiver. It just has been injury bugaboo with him. And um, it, but when he's on the field in this offense, getting catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's been uh, he's been producing. John, great stuff. A lot of information there. Um, we will continue these podcasts weekly now. Preseason starts tomorrow, uh, and then the full full slate of preseason games will start a, a, about a week and a half from now. So a lot of information coming out. you got these holdouts. We'll see by next week if the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott has resolved his situation. We'll see how long this holdout continues with Melvin Gordon. And, of course, continue to update you on risers and fallers as we get closer to your fantasy drafts. Appreciate you listening today for to the uh, 444.com's Most Accurate Podcast. You can follow John Paulson on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We'll continue to, to post some you know, interesting articles and things like that as well. So you want to make sure that you're constantly checking out 444.com. Uh, for John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time. I've been sleeping on your-